It's time for NEC Women's Basketball on the Run. We're back with another episode here in 2021. We'll have Craig D'Amico on the show as usual. We'll have all of our regular segments. We have a lot to do, folks. Let's get to work and talk NEC women's basketball and start by looking at where we stand. And where we stand, well, you can see that four teams are past the midway point in their Northeast Conference schedules. Fairleigh Dickinson, Central Connecticut, LIU, and St. Francis, Brooklyn. At the top of the standings, it's St. Francis U at 8-0. The Red Flash were ready to go for win number nine up against Sacred Heart this past week, but an inconclusive test result amongst the Sacred Heart party out of an abundance of caution. Those games were postponed, but the Red Flash are expected to return to action this weekend here. Saturday and Sunday will be full of NEC women's basketball. Wagner, of course, 7-1. and one. They're on a temporary pause. Mount St. Mary, 6-2. and two. Sacred Heart, 5-3. and three. Those would be the top four teams to make the NEC tournament if the tournament were to start today. But, of course, you know that's not the case. The tournament is still weeks away, and we will have a number of games packed in to the final weeks of February and the first week of March. It's NEC women's basketball. It's happening right now. And that's where we stand. Now we move on over to She Gets Buckets. And this segment, of course, features one of our hot shooters in the past week in Northeast Conference women's basketball. And this week, we're taking a look at a St. Francis Brooklyn freshman forward. It's Frusina Horvath from Budapest, Hungary. She went off in last week's two-game set against FDU. 21 points in one game, 19 points in the other. Shot 14 of 24 from the field. She's over 50% field goal shooting for the season. Not bad for a freshman. Horvath has reached double figures in scoring in five of her last six outings. She's raised her season scoring average to 11.8 points per game, and that has cracked the NEC top 10 leaderboard. She's only a freshman. She's from St. Francis, Brooklyn. Her name is Frusina Horvath, and she gets buckets. And now this is the part of the show where we kick it out to Craig D'Amico, and he takes us through our Twitter timeout. What do we got on the tweet sheet this week, Craig? 
Thanks, Ralph. It's time for the Twitter timeout. And for this week's top tweet, we jump into the Shark Tank with LIU Women's Basketball, who put out a shark alert in this tweet from earlier in the week when they said that their series against Mount St. Mary's coming up on February 14th and 15th will be their play for K games this year with all proceeds going towards the K Yao Fund. They wanted people to help them raise their team goal and help meet their team goal of $500. And they have a link below to, to donate. Now, February is National Cancer Prevention Month. And traditionally, you'll see throughout women's college basketball, many teams don the pink jerseys and wristbands, headbands, sneakers, warm-ups, uh, and, and try to raise money for those battling cancer and for the Play for K Fund and have a Play for K game. Well, this year, LIU women's basketball, they're doing a tremendous thing by dedicating their upcoming series this weekend against the Mount to those battling cancer, and they're going out and raising money for the KL Fund. And we have some tremendous news. Within a span of just three days following that initial tweet, the Sharks already surpassed their goal of $500 and have now upped their goal to try and raise $1,000 by Sunday. So truly a great team effort by LIU women's basketball and their entire community. And it's for a great cause. And they even earned themselves a round of applause for their efforts in a tweet back from the KYO fund itself. Well, that was great stuff there from Craig. And of course the LIU sharks taking on a noble endeavor, trying to take a bite out of cancer play for K of course, KYO the long time late great, women's basketball coach for NC State. Now, folks, we take a look at some amazing numbers. This is the section of the show where we say stats amazing. And it was a Merrimack two-game sweep this past week. The first two wins under head coach Kelly Marone, and let me tell you, folks, Merrimack lit it up from long distance in this two-game stretch. The Warriors entered shooting only 27.7% from three-point range this season, but they turned that around quickly in the sweep of the Sharks. Kate Major was a huge part of that. She was 9 for 18 from downtown over the two-game stretch. As a team, Merrimack, 21 three-pointers over the two victories, 21 for 50. That comes out to 42% from long range. And, of course, if you're shooting 42% from downtown and you maintain that pace for the season – then good things are going to happen. You're going to score a lot of points and probably win a lot of ball games. So folks, the Merrimack three-point shooting, 42% in a sweep of LIU. That's up from 27.7%. That was the team's mark heading into the two-game set. And that Merrimack shooting led by Kate Major well, stats, amazing. Now we kick it back out to NEC women's basketball insider Craig D'Amico for the Craig's Corner segment of our show. And it's my understanding that Craig has some midseason MVP awards to hand out. So, Craig, 
Let's hear it. Absolutely, Ralph. You know, earlier you mentioned where we stand in terms of the standings. I want to talk about where we stand in terms of the women's basketball player of the year race as we just passed the halfway point of the season in conference play. Now, obviously, all the women's basketball teams have played different number of games, but since there's only three weeks left in the regular season, I think we could safely say we're past the halfway point, although who knows anymore. So that makes this the perfect time to look at who might be some of the top candidates that the coaches will be looking at when they sit down to vote in about three weeks for the player of the year. Now, we should mention this. It's very tough this year to judge midseason awards because many of the teams have had some sort of pause. So then you run into the whole out of sight, out of mind thing where maybe if you don't see a player for a week or two, they're not at the forefront of your mind when you're sitting down to come up with these things. So we try the best to be fair to everybody and the good news is that when the coaches sit down for real to vote in three weeks whether someone's been on a long break or not you'll have the full resume the full body of work for everybody to, to make the right judgment so uh but with that in mind let's take a look at what i've come up with here uh here at the midway point i have starting with the first team tier these are star players that maybe aren't quite player of the year right now but they're definitely battling for a spot on the nec first team and those players are Ali Lassen, Madison Stanley, Adrian Haygood, and Neb Dimitrievich. Then we move to the almost tier. These are players that could definitely be maybe a player of the year at the end, but are not quite there right now because of either their team being on a long pause and being out of sight and out of mind kind of, or we need to see how they end their team finish up. And those two players in the almost list are Brooke Bajelko and Amelia Cristagrava. Brooke Bajelko for the Bryant Bulldogs right now is leading the league in both points and rebounds. So anytime you lead the league in those two categories, averaging a double-double, you deserve to be in the discussion. But she's kind of hurt by Bryant's recent long layoff. Uh, she had a lot of momentum in non-conference play and at the beginning of the conference season. But with Bryant being off for, for a couple weeks there, uh, her momentum is kind of stalled. Now, the Bulldogs did come back this weekend against Central. Brooke had double doubles in both games. So she, she's still putting up the big numbers. We have to see how she finishes up in order to maybe elevate her into the player of the year tier. And then for EKG, Amelia Cristagrava, she's the top scorer for one of the best stories in the league right now. Wagner, seven and one in conference play. Big series against St. Francis coming up next week that's going to say a lot about where Wagner fits in the playoff picture and also where EKG fits in the player of the year picture. If she goes off next week and Wagner pulls out a win or two against St. Francis, she might not just be in the player of the year tier. She might be elevated up to, to number one on the list. So that's still a wait and see. Wagner has only reached eight conference wins twice since 2004. They have a chance to get there and more, but we'll have to see how Wagner and Amelia Cristagrava finish up here in the last three weeks. And finally, the player of the year tier. Right now at the midseason point, I have two players in the player of the year tier, Kendall Brzee for Mount St. Mary's and Carson Swagger for SFU. Kendall Brzee is second in the league in points and rebounds behind Pajelko, but she's also fourth in assists, second in steals. If you watch Mount play, she's everywhere on the floor. She's the Cobra Kai of the NEC. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. That's how she plays every night. She's fierce, relentless, tough. Last year, she had a shoulder injury, a six-week injury. She came back in three weeks, proving that her skeleton must be adamantium coated like Wolverine in the comics. She could play the one to five. She's a big part of their defense. And if she's on the dribble drive to the basket, I'm not standing in her way. I don't know. I'm getting the heck out of there. Relentless player, fun to watch. 
And then on the other side, you have Carson Swagger for SFU. She's the leader on, without a doubt, the unquestionable leader on the NEC's lone undefeated team. She's top five in scoring, second in assists. Turnovers were a big issue last year for SFU. Carson Swagger right now has the best assist to turnover ratio in the NEC. She recently reached her 1,000th career point, and her post-game reaction was, yeah, that's nice, but I'm more proud of our team that we got the win and we're still undefeated in conference play. And throw on top of it, she's a nursing major, so keeping the team balance and her schedule balance with the demands of the nursing program in his senior year, it's been incredible. So Swagger and Brzee right now, as we stand at this moment, are at the top of my list. Doesn't necessarily mean they'll still be there three weeks from now. There's still a lot of games to play. So as always, stay tuned, Ralph. And that we will, Craig. And just want to mention two of the teams. Craig talked about two of the individuals, Amelia Cristagrava from Wagner and St. Francis Hughes, Carson Swagger. Both of those teams, believe it or not, well, obviously they're one and two in the NEC standings right now. SFU 8-0, Wagner 7-1. But both of those teams are off to record starts. SFU had not won its first eight conference games since the 03-04 season. That's nearly 20 years ago. And they ran the table that year. They had a perfect NEC season. Now, Wagner, you mentioned they only had eight conference wins twice since 0304. Well, how about this? This is Wagner's first ever seven and one start in NEC history. We went all the way back to the 88 89 season, and that was probably arguably the greatest Wagner team ever. And that team with Mo Hannafin, of course, the head coach was Jella Mikalowskis. That team was 14 and two in the NEC regular season. But with that said, they lost back-to-back games in the middle of January, and then they turned on the afterburners. So not even that team started 7-1. and one. So a huge shout-out to the Wagner Seahawks for this remarkable start. And we'll see if they can keep it going. We hope they can get back on the floor as soon as possible. And all indications are pointing to that will be the case. And it's been quite a ride thus far, folks, as we navigate through the pandemic. But we've had some great basketball games, and we expect many more in the coming weeks. And, of course, we thank you for joining us, being along for the ride here on NEC WBB On The Run. You know we do this every week during the NEC women's basketball season. We have insider Craig D'Amico. I'm Ralph Ventry. Thank you for listening and following along NEC women's basketball on the run on the NEC overtime pod and NEC front row. We'll do it again one week from now. Until then. Enjoy the games.